Thank you so much for listening to Echoes of the Holograph. This is Episode 2, Story 2, Unholy. On the hollow screen's flickering screen, a towering knight in iron armor loomed over a boyish red-haired swordsman. It was a hush night, and the clicking of the plastic underneath the young man's thumbs filled the room. Powerful and majestic, the lean swordsman cut down the opposing enemy knight, and the credits rolled. With a beep, the game console powered off. He laid with his girlfriend afterwards and stroked her long hair and thought of the future. His mouth felt hot and sticky as he entered the bathroom, slid the drawer open, and grabbed an electric toothbrush. In the act of brushing his teeth, the yellow neon bulb in the bathroom cracked with a hiss and a pop. The power had gone out. The young man found himself in the dark thanks to what could only be surmised as an unpaid electric bill or worker crews dawdling about. He had just finished scrubbing when he found himself still sharing company with the black silhouette in the mirror. The young man desperately craved comfort in moments like these. Over the years, he had accumulated stories in his head. He would envision vignettes of classic horror movies, ghost tales, late-night hollow-vision programs surrounding the paranormal and their affinity for the seemingly innocent, the wonders of modern convenience. Did anything ever simply fail, or was something always trying to communicate with him? He grasped for his phone near the white sink. He blinked at it and activated the real-light program. The white light interrupted the darkness and startled. He glanced upwards. What was that? A face near the shower head that wasn't there at all. An undead hand beckoning and seducing his presence from the connected closet. The face of an oni. It was all in his head. He glanced at his collection of weaponry. He was a collector. He hastily grabbed a hand-operated light gun from the connected closet and gripped it firmly. Collected and stalwart, metal in hand, he went for the door and it slid open, revealing the entirety of the studio apartment as his eyes darted from one metal wall to the other. He aimed the light at where his girlfriend was sleeping, except she was no longer in the room. His mind raced through every possible scenario. It was two in the morning. There was no possibility of her leaving the apartment at two in the morning. What for? Where could she have gone at such a time? The young man was an imaginative one, and it was doing him no favors here. He was able to compose himself just enough to slide his handgun into his pocket and bring up his girlfriend's name in his phone. The bathroom door slid closed as he dialed her name on the shiny rectangular box in his hand, and he immediately noticed the light coming from the left corner of the opposite side of the room. Her phone was still in the apartment. A chill ran up his spine and settled firmly in the space between his eyes. He felt alone. The sky from beyond the balcony gave him pause, a strange comfort, and he allowed himself to rest his eyes there for a moment. 
The moonlight bled into the fourth floor residence. In a panic, he hastily made his way over to the balcony and peered outside. The street and residential complex sat blanketed in complete darkness, a lonely sprawl. The formerly neon-illuminated streets were without power, like unnerving cybernetic towers in a desert. He expected to see blue lights in the complex across his own, young insomniacs moving in the windows across the way. Instead, he saw nothing. Quiet. The supposed city of the future was covered in stillness. Click, click, click. The young man's shoulders shook and his feet jolted. The milliseconds in which his brain registered the following noise felt like years. Sweat was dripping from his brow. He stood there, frozen. What was that? His mind raced. Fear overtook him. His feet inched forward and curiosity overcame him. Where is she? Eventually, he crept toward the front door of the studio, weapon gripped by both hands. The door seemed deeper, further away somehow. The darkness had layers and he was acutely sensitive to the gradients of fear that seemed to eliminate back to the sound. The depths of something unknown. He noticed his eyes had not yet adjusted to this unnatural darkness, which was off-putting. He touched the door and tried to peer through the hole. Darkness, as if something was covering the hole. He surmised that the noise from earlier came from the hallway outside, but he couldn't bring himself to open the door. He thought of the noise, click, click, click. It was all he could think about. It was a snap of long fingers in perfect rhythm, maybe. The unsettling, perfectly balanced succession of clicks drove his eyes wild. He looked around at the fridge, click, then back, click, at the bed, click. The noise again. Reflexively, he ran back to the center of the studio and turned back towards the bathroom, where the door was now open. Didn't I close the door? The clock on the wall across from him caught his eye, and he blinked for what must have been the first time in a while. The hands were missing. He panicked. He stood in the center of the studio, unable to move, completely statuesque with fear. There was a deep black purple filling the entire space, which suddenly felt very small. But there was one light, this time from the window, growing brighter and dreamier. He turned to face it, ready for the event, the one he had been dreading all night. There was a raspy voice, low and humming. He was surrounded. At this point, he must have been screaming, and he punched at the force. The light, whatever it was. A high-pitched ringing filled the room, and then suddenly... Daylight. Daylight. Everything was bright and sunny. He was just now waking up. His girlfriend's back was to him warmed by a soft pink shemai, and her hair sprawled on the pillow. He was taken aback and jumped out of bed. What is it, baby? She purred. Everything was as it was, but somehow nothing was. It was unspoken, unsettled, a shifting in the light. The young man stood again in the center of the room, but now everything was okay. His body was sweating, and his girlfriend was confused. When she sat up, he felt his own face relax. He found himself at peace, even though for some strange reason it felt completely unnatural. He stood there, shirtless. He felt silly. 
Must have just been a nightmare, he thought. He sat now next to her and kissed her forehead. He felt her, but wasn't able to grasp her. He felt his hand pass through her shoulder like washing away smoke. He began to panic again. She stared at him blankly, her soul felt gone like a doll's. His mind whirled and sputtered like a rusted engine and clouds seemed to fill his brain. He felt the memories of last night like a 40-pound weight on his head. It wasn't a nightmare. He was forgetting. Immediately, not this time. Everything was hazy and he felt it in his bones. The sunlight felt artificial, like a warm projection in the back of a movie streaming theater. He looked at the clock, no hands, he was still lost. He began to let out a small whimper as the looming darkness was spilling into the room again. It stretched into the kitchen and he ran to the farthest wall. His back was to it. He felt a strange presence next to him. The sound ripped into his eardrums like the ripping of lettuce. The pouring of gurgles and groaning filled his head with the nightmarish thoughts. In the seconds or so before he reacted, the horrible sounds were coming from the neighbors. He looked at the bed. Nothing and nobody was there. There was a dark quiet in the room that settled thickly like an odor. He thought of her and longed for her. He closed his eyes, and as the darkness encroached, he reached for his weapon, and it was still in his pocket. He shot into the wall with his gun. The chamber clicked and whirred until it was silent. In response, a sound erupted from the neighbor's apartment, shattering the seals between earthly limitations and the underworld with a thunderous crack. The piercing demonic roar coming from the neighboring apartment not only made him jump and bang his knee into the wall, but made him acutely aware of the fact that he was no longer alone. Confusion isn't even the appropriate word for this scenario. His heart was pumping faster than it ever had pumped before. The hairs on his arms rose. Adrenaline had finally kicked in. His mind whirled with thoughts of fire escapes and doors. He felt sick. He inched towards the front door. The kitchen seemed to groan and move, outstretching for what seemed like miles. However, when he pushed past the engulfing darkness and arrived at the entrance of the studio, he saw that there was no door, but a dark hole in its place. In his sleep, did a crew come in and drill a five-foot hole into the hole where the front door was? Obviously not. The sheer image of the now sudden cavern-like hole in the kitchen filled his mind with noise, and he staggered. Was he to crawl inside? Where would it go? What would he find on the other side? And then he heard a noise come from the hole. Click, click, click. His feet became bricks. He glanced at the crater in the wall, pondering the sheer logistics of it all. There was no semblance of reason as to why it was there or how it even got there. It was then he realized how supernatural the situation truly was. He could smell the thick, pungent air. The oxygen in the room was even different, somehow heavier. He came to the realization that if he were to find his girlfriend, he would have to slowly, but surely, stepped through the black miasmic hole bare before him. But could he? Either way, she was still gone. Missing. Dead? He grit his teeth, knowing he would have to either jump in headfirst, 
or slowly settle into the hole, much like a child would when stepping into a pool their first time. A conversation with the dark was the only thing on the agenda today. With a slow pace, he marched over to the black abyssal hole in the wall, fingers shaking on the grip of his gun. He found himself filled with an omnipotent sense of dread and fear. His feet seemed stuck to the floor. The rigid circular patterns of the hole slowly emerged from the wall. Black sinews of flesh curled over themselves. Sticking his head into the hole, he imagined old videos of guillotines. He peered into the hole and saw silver reflections a few feet away. Inside the tunnel-like gape was a wall of liquid, and this confused him. The air was very still. He could hear a very faint sloshing coming from behind the liquid, and the dreaded sound of the clicking becoming rhythmic. It became more sudden and pronounced the longer he lingered, his neck and head inside the opening. He stepped inside onto a solid surface and peered over to see the black void underneath. He wondered what would happen if he stood in the hole completely, realizing that he would have to in the end. And so, he did. The hole was no more. It closed behind him and crinkled up like an old piece of paper being crumpled up into a ball. He found himself standing in an ebony void. The air was cold and tasted like rust. Inside, a liquid drew closer and would slowly but surely swallow him. The space inside the hole was infinite. A stadium-sized expanse. A different dimension? The gray liquid wall that was encroaching had risen seemingly hundreds of feet and was about to make contact with his physical body. The size of it made him want to curl up into a ball and die. He felt cold inside. The roar of a black ocean began to mix with the sound of static. Reverberations began to emanate from the other sound of the towering waves. He heard dolphins, children, the voice of his mother, and the grinding of metal. Faint sounds could be heard. The brakes of a car, the startup sound of an old flip phone he used to own, all of it meshed together, rendering him deaf, as the frequencies in his ear began to shriek and die. The liquid wall of the black goo began to cover him. Black goo laced his feet, his legs, and finally, his eyes. He awoke to silence on a platform of jet marble, a golden chair, and walls of flowing blood. In the room he found himself in, there was no time or quantic reasoning, almost resembling a royal throne room. His eyes marveled at the spectacle of it. In this room, anything seemed possible. In front of him, the waterfalls of blood opened to form a flowing black hole where the wall was. He heard the clicking of heels, approaching and eventually stopping in front of him. Whatever being was in this room with him was invisible, at least to him. The golden chair in the center of the room shined with a reflection of blood, creating swirls in the material that resembled vomit. The blood on the walls flowed and sank downwards pumping outside of the room and under the marble platform the entire room rested on. Black gunk and sludge began forming in front of him, feet first. Then it began to take the form of a person. It smelled like black mold. The being revealed itself with the same roar he had heard from the studio apartment as its white eyes cracked open. It was a spitting image of his girlfriend. Only now... She wore an unfamiliar black pantsuit. He wanted to run over to her and brace her, but painfully knew that he could no longer do that. 
He slapped the ground next to him, searching desperately for his light gun, but he realized it did not join him on this journey to the void. The body of his former girlfriend walked over and sat on the golden chair. The being rested its eyes on its palm and stared down at him. Its eyes locked behind him, almost through him, as it rested, body devoid entirely of breathing. The young man was in another world, and it was a strange sight to see a being that was alive but not breathing. Its hair was down. He remembered feeling fear and not much else. The bloody rivers on the wall still flowed and splashed all around him. Little specks of blood landed on his cheeks and started getting in his hair. His knuckles tightened. The clicking had finally stopped, as had all noise. The silence was his only comfort. The studio apartment, a distant memory. At this point in his life, whatever aspirations he had were gone. Ambitions and drama, a life of service to community and money, it didn't matter anymore. It was strange to find himself in the helpless service of a creature that resembled his girlfriend, who wore a black suit and had her face. Her her hair was still down as he liked. He felt his body become light as he began to float around the room, and the being's voice filled his head. His mind was drowned with images of mankind's greatest struggles, of famine and war. His head was filled to the brim with knowledge of old myths, cosmology, tales of Yggdrasil, and dark stories of Hollywood. He was floating upside down, staring at the top of his girlfriend's head as he moved around the room, being pulled by some force. He faced the creature's back and saw the gnashing, gaping hole in his girlfriend's lower back that signified that nothing of her was left, and was only a vessel for something else entirely. He learned about the world. His head was filled with the entirety of mankind's flaws. It was impossible to imagine how long he was in this room. Hunger had already left him, but his headache tied him to the world adjacent to the one he was in now, and thoughts of dread filled his mind. He learned a great many things. His eyes flashed with white as the demon below him poured dark knowledge into his head. He began to understand, slowly. He saw visions of the holograph, and learned that the demon in the room with him was called the Broad Demon, and it could not reveal its true shape yet. It didn't have the strength. He was filled with loud thoughts of destroying the holograph, the energy that Jonah created, and the one the atomic American left behind to protect the Earth and its people. He eventually learned that the Broad Demon and the holograph had been at war for many years, in a time and place that didn't agree with Earth's sense of time and place. The young man had no choice and knew he would have to bend to the will of the broad demon. He saw visions of Earth's greatest savior lying before him, dying in a bed next to a woman with red hair and a pair of animals. The time for the broad demon to strike at the heart of the holograph was now. The demon had not moved yet. It sat on its golden throne in the body of his girlfriend, eyes black and facing forward. While the blood on the walls poured and smeared into the chasm below, his body began correcting itself, and he landed in front of the demon and its halcyon throne. The demon finally stood up and reached its human-like handout, eventually gripping the young man's face firmly, as black goo spilled from its fingertips, covering the man's head entirely. His back started to break as he grew two feet taller, 
limbs stretch abnormally, and his nose cracked in half, horizontally, revealing teeth. Great pain filled the dark young man's body. His skin bled like juicing a tangerine. His mind filled with thoughts of eliminating the red and blue energy of the holograph until it was all he could think about. He forgot who he was. He screamed into the void as the black muck surrounding his head covered his body and began hardening. A gray rock-like plate covered his chest, greaves of stone covered his legs, and his arm transformed into a pointed edge. His blood flowed from the crevices in his new dark armor, and the room grew silent. The broad demon loosened its firm grip and laughed, loudly and ghastly, as the now hulking shape of the young man slumped to the floor, knees first with a thud, shortly before his body vanished from the throne of the Golden Room. The last vision the young man saw at the end of his life was a field of grass, and an approaching lone red night before the broad demon's hold overtook him entirely. Backar Music by El Scavon, reading by me, book written by me, introductory song, and ending theme by Brandon Moss. Echoes of the Holograph is available for purchase on Amazon. You can either get the paperback or the Kindle version, whichever makes the most sense for you. Take care, guys. Thank you.